0: Welcome to Moonshine and Music. I'm your host, Joe Shelton. It's great to have you back here again. Please hit the subscribe button below to make sure that you, you know, see all the shows. And uh, if you're on iTunes or Podbean or whatever, please subscribe to us. We really appreciate all the subscribers out there. And you're listening and watching to the show. Um, The show is pre-recorded. This is something that some people have been asking Yes, we pre-record the show. Yes, several weeks in advance, in some cases, um, we put them out once a week, uh, for your pleasure. Uh, And this week, our special guest is a great, fine songwriter and musician, Melissa Sandulo. She is going to give you, like, the goods on her songwriting and how she came up with some of her tunes. Um, It's very interesting. It's a compelling interview. I really, really uh, enjoyed meeting with Melissa and... Hearing her sing, um, she's uh, got an incredible voice. And uh, aside from being a really talented musician, she is the owner of a Books and Brews franchise. Books and Brews is a small chain of bookstores slash breweries. Uh, They're mostly here in central Indiana. And uh, she owns one of the stores in uh, Broad Ripple, which is uh, on the north side of Indianapolis. And uh, she's going to talk a little bit about that. Our sponsor for today and every week is our production company, Eat New Media. Go to eatnewmedia.com. And if you're interested in getting a video made for your special event or your corporate event or your music group, um, they can set you up. If you'd like to be a sponsor on Moonshina Music, please email us at joe at moonshinamusic.com And let me know, uh, you know your interest and we'll talk about it because we'd love to have some sponsors for the show. There are a few expenses around here (laughs) that we need to take care of. Uh, Anyway, uh, I think that's about all I've got for today. Uh, Let's get in and listen to some good, fine music and hear some great stories from our guest today, Melissa Sandulo. Moonshine and Music starts now. So we're here today with Melissa Sandulo, and this is Moonshine Music. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Um, our, our show, I think um, one of the things we're trying to do is get to know the artists on a personal level, not yep. just you know, what songs you sing, because people can go out and see your songs, but they sure. don't necessarily get to see you know, who you are under that. So uh, I, I, you know, the question I like to start with is, where, where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in Vincennes, Indiana. Vincennes, over on the west yeah. side of Indiana? Yep. Kind of south, um, we're, we're basically Kentucky. (laughs) <laughs> we're not. I mean, we're still, you know, a couple hours from Kentucky. But um, the the high school that I went to there, we we all joked around that our, our hometown was Vintucky, uh huh. Because we just kind of felt that way a little bit.
0: Uh, so your are your parents from Vincent's as well? They... Yeah. I mean, I I
1: grew up there. So from elementary school through high school, my my parents actually lived in Eastern Kentucky for a number of years before I was born and my older sister too. And um, when I was when I was a really little girl. We lived in Bicknell, Indiana, which I, I, d- I doubt a whole lot of people have heard of. But I was, was just a- searching my inner yeah.
0: GPS for that. And right. It yeah,
1: there used to be a coal mine there called Bicknell Minerals. And my dad was a coal miner. And so I am... Um, the coal miner's daughter.
0: Do you actually sing that song? I don't.
1: I need to. Oh. I need to incorporate that into my set and do like a bluesy version of it.
0: I think it would work. I think That's it would. Oddly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So those, those <laughs> some of my best memories are my dad coming home from the coal mine and giving him a great big hug and he smelled, he always smelled like diesel and dust and that's just one of my favorite still one of my favorite smells hmm. still as an adult but that's where i that's where i was born lived there for you know the first first few years of my childhood and, and started and, kindergarten and then moved to Vincennes.
0: and so he wasn't a coal miner anymore once you moved to Vincennes? no bicknell
1: minerals closed up and so right. we actually had to we actually had to move with my move in with my grandparents for a short period of time, um, and that was in Newburg, Indiana. All these little all these little towns that a lot a of New people Berg. haven't heard heard of. Newburg. <laughs> which is kind of outside of Evansville. So we lived there with them for a few months, and I started kindergarten in Newburgh and uh, did my first semester there. But living with Grandma and Grandpa was, like, the best days of my life. I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. We all lived there together, Mom, Dad, my sister and I, and grandparents, and uh, Dad worked short-term there until he could find a long-term job, and then we moved to Vincennes.
0: So um, you you grew up in Vincennes, and then how did you end up up here?
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, just like a number of small moves here and there. I went to college in Anderson. Um, I always knew that I wanted to go there. They had a great music program, so I was a music major there. Um, My husband and I met when we lived in Vincennes, and um, when I transferred to Anderson for college, then he... Transferred as well for his master's degree. Started working there. We got married. <clears throat> lived there for a few years. Moved to Terre Haute for a job change for him. Then we moved to Illinois for a couple of years, and then um, came back towards Indianapolis because we wanted to be closer to family.
0: So, so when you're uh, you you are a music major. So how old yeah. were you when you started playing music?
1: When I started playing piano, I really had to do that by necessity uh, as a college student. It was part of my major. I, I really only ever sang before college, um, and really, I don't remember a time that I wasn't singing. I used to put on concerts for my stuffed animals, and my we had this playroom at our house in Bicknell, and I'd line up I'd line up all my stuffed animals through the playroom, and I would put on these big like opera shows. Did you have a favorite stuffed animal? Yes.
0: What what was that?
1: Randy raccoon.
0: Randy raccoon. Yes. I had Buddy Bear. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Now I'm giving it away. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> but, I fair. still
0: I still have Buddy Bear. He's on a bookshelf in my house.
1: Yeah. Randy. Randy. But no raccoon. other stuffed
0: animals. Though, just to be clear. Just
1: right. You were like all like <laughs> war heroes and well,
0: like Star super Wars.
1: Tough stuff. Right. We,
0: we had lots of Star Wars stuff and GI Joe. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Yeah. You you did too. No. No. <laughs>
1: No, I had a lot of stuffed animals. But I was a bit of a tomboy as well. Yeah, yeah I loved going out and getting dirty Did in the yard. Did you play R. sports? Not well. <laughs> no, I, I was not good at sports. I liked the concept of you I'm know playing. being on a team, but I was no good. <laughs> I wasn't any good. I, I played soccer when I was in first grade. I was on the gray team.
0: Yeah? Mm-hmm. That was the name of it, the gray team?
1: Well, we were the racers, but we were the oh, gray team. We had racers. gray shirts.
0: I see. Yeah,
1: and then there were the blue racers and the green
0: racers. We were all <laughs> racers, but I was <laughs> the on the gray, gray team. You were the gray racers. Yeah, yeah,
1: I really wanted to be on the green team, but. I was on the gray team and I and I and I was a striker which basically just meant that I ran and chased the ball. And it also basically meant I didn't know how to do anything else except for run and chase the ball. So I can remember just like Giggling all the way up and down the field because I thought it was hilarious that we were running.
0: Well, having had kids and watching first grade <laughs> soccer, like having had kids and watching first grade soccer, I would say that playing striker is akin to just being able to kick people in the shins, right? Or or fall down gracefully. Which, yes. In the way of others.
1: And I always yeah. was falling down with the most grace as a first, as a first
0: grader. <laughs> always. <laughs> so so you sang a lot as a, as a kid. All and then, the time. And that made you want to be a music major? Yeah. Or?
1: I mean, it just, it just was like a natural progression for me because there was never anything else that really captured my interest. I mean, I loved watching musicians on TV. I can remember watching Sesame Street, and whenever there was some kind of musical guest on Sesame Street, I was just enamored. I loved watching people sing. I loved hearing people sing. I loved... Um, when we would go to church and we would sing hymns, you know, this was back in the day when we actually still sang out of a hymn book. Right. And Where they had um, like
0: 400 copies of the hymn book.
1: Right, right. In all of the pews. And right. so we'd get our book. And I, and I loved trying to find the harmony. And I would always sing the harmonies in the hymns. And I think that made me a more... Well rounded vocalist because I was, I could always pick out harmonies, and I didn't realize what an important skill that was going to be for me in the future because now I do some studio work, and if I'm working on another artist's project, it's real easy for me to find another part because I just you know was just trained in that all throughout my youth and then um, started to get more serious I think around eighth grade um, decided I probably needed to have voice lessons to make sure that I was doing Things properly because I wanted to get better and I wanted to make sure that I had my voice for my whole life and didn't you know blow it out because that's it's a muscle it's an instrument and and it can get some wear and tear and so I would say probably around middle school eighth grade was when I knew that okay this isn't just something that I love to do this
0: is a career path now
1: so. And that was it. I never even considered doing anything else at that point.
0: So um, have you been, um, you know, you you went into college, you learned to play piano, and then is that when you started writing songs? Yeah,
1: I kind of, this is really good moonshine, by the way. Take a sip. It's fantastic, and it's Sunday.
0: And it's, you know, moonshine and music, so moonshine should be done. It's
1: appropriate, yeah. What was your question? I was distracted by the the delicious moonshine
0: um, <laughs> The moonshine distraction is a big it is, one.
1: it is yeah. It,
0: it, it. <laughs> It, it's easy for me to get distracted as well, right? Um, by the moonshine, but I, I try to, you know, yeah. I try to keep yeah. myself keep, in check. keep it
1: together. I mean, yeah. I, but, you know, was we, we, we shoot
0: them all in in like yeah. succession, so you know, you got to pace yourself on the moonshine. <laughs> you got, you do, you, know. you do have to. <laughs> um, yeah, it's important. Yeah, um, you were asking about songwriting. Songwriting. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, I kind of, I dabbled a little bit, and I would write write little tunes, and I can remember sitting at the piano before I really knew what I was doing and just kind of making things up, And um, but I really didn't start to really, really dive into Songwriting until I was in college, and and I wrote quite a bit, and it was all terrible. Like it was all.
0: <laughs> well, you know, as a really <laughs> <song, laughs> I you know, I'm, I, I, as a songwriter myself, I've written so many terrible songs. Right. that They far outweigh the good oh ones. Oh my gosh, so <laughs> you know. many
1: terrible songs, and I <laughs> and I put out a CD of terrible songs, and people loved it, but it was terrible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, yeah, So how many uh, w- 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 in college you put one out or?
1: Yeah, when I was when I was on my way out of college, yeah, and it was awful. But it was fun, you know. It was yeah, it yeah, it was not a, a great, I, you uh, know, great I, seller. I, I, I can.
0: I can. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. Well. Uh, I, You know, the uh, the selling of them is is a challenge no, anyway. Right. So, like, uh, you know, even even when it's really good, selling right. them can be a challenge. Right. I really um,
1: thought I had something, though. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, what was the name <laughs> of that record? It
1: was called, it's called The Glory of Your Light. <laughs>
0: the, the Glory Raven of Your Light. It sounds
1: like a super hippie. Uh, it,
0: it, um, it sounds like either a really religious or a really hippie. Well, it
1: really was. It really it was. was religious? Yeah. 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 It was. Uh, it was. Lots of... Lots of really um, like some worship songs and um, and a couple of Sandy Patty covers. I don't I know if you're familiar with Sandy Patty. I know Patty. Sandy Patty. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Because um, yeah. I lived up in Anderson for a while, and mm-hmm. she is a big deal there. Big deal for sure. I mean, big she's deal. a big deal nationally yeah. as well. But and,
1: and I want to say, you know, production-wise, it was mm-hmm. it was good. It was a it was a Good production, and I had a good experience with it. Um, As as far as the writing went, it was not.
0: That 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 was your that was your your, you felt like your downfall.
1: I I really felt like I had something though. I really felt like it was all very good. But it really like listening to it now, it it really wasn't. Is it
0: still out there for available? No, it's not out. You don't have it on iTunes. (laughs) No. I was, there like, was you know, no such
1: thing as iTunes when I when I made it. Well, I didn't know so, if you launched
0: it out like later. No, you know, it's catalog stuff. You can launch that back catalog mm-hmm. and really, really cash in. That's
1: for the private collection.
0: <laughs> <It's> really, yeah. <laughs> the, the Melissa Sindeulo, <laughs> really, really it's private. collection. Really, yeah.
1: It's the really, really, really like it's not even like a B track. It's like, yeah. So. That's, that's after I'm dead and gone. That's, you know, then maybe somebody's like, oh, wow, here's this um, CD that Melissa Sandulo put out when she was in her early 20s. And-
0: <laughs> That's what they'll, they'll pull out someday when mm-hmm. you're playing arenas? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Moonshine of Music won't get the exclusive to that, but, like, if you end up on, you know, Oprah, like the Oprah channel or something. Or, right. You
1: know. Right.
0: Then you'll be uh, rolling it out. Like, right. Or
1: I feel like it would be one of those things that, you know, if the day ever came where I was playing arenas (laughs) <laughs> which right now it's like breweries, Se- which I heart, ser- yeah. seriously love playing the breweries. But I, I think that, you know, it would be more like I would go on Ellen and she would have found it and pl- play a song from it as a joke. She'll like, like, she'll like find me. somebody else. I feel like yeah. that's what would She'll happen.
0: find it from someone else because she's definitely she'll, not getting a copy from yeah, you. Right? right.
1: She'll find it from somebody <laughs> and then she'll and then she'll play it to embarrass me. <laughs> I think so, that's what would happen.
0: <laughs> so, um, <laughs> how many records have you made? I mean, I, I, I've, I've been listening to the new one.
1: Really? I mean, I did. I did two, um, two records of worship music, and then I took a huge, long break, long, long break. Had a family, and just got started back into music two years ago. And so, this newest one was just a total relaunch of of you of me. Yeah yeah it's it's the it's the seasoned variety of you know I, just a, a person who's gone through a lot of stuff and and seen the world from a completely different perspective and um I think that
0: and what the name of the album is for the it's folks? It's called
1: Poets and Misfits. Right. And it is available on iTunes and Spotify and CD Baby and other. You can find all it on YouTube, all of the digital platforms. We'll, we'll yeah. have it in the show notes. I think there's, like, something, some, like, Russian website that might have it, too. <laughs> um,
0: KK it, or something <laughs> over in China. Right, maybe, yeah. yeah. My, my stuff's on the same sites, so I get it. Yeah. Um,
1: but I would say this one is is certainly far more honest than than anything I've done because I've really I've actually really pulled from actual life experiences and and also just told some stories just doing some storytelling based on life experiences that people close to me have had as well
0: i mean i I, you know i I listened to the record um a few times before i had um you know i didn't meet you that very long ago right and i had listened to it a few times before that and i like the song spider silk yeah i think it's called is that right yeah yeah and um and I, uh, you know, I I, I feel like uh, you know because I, I play piano also. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I hear that that tone come in, uh, it, it like sets such a mood pretty pretty much throughout your record. Sure. Like you know uh, the different piano tones that you use. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know um, you know the scale that you're playing in or whatever. Sure. It um it's it's like I that that's something that really touched me about the music. Do you work on that when you're writing the song? Do you yeah. go you know look I, is it just I. I wrote the song and now I'm going to change the mood of it? Or is that that like part and parcel of what you do?
1: Yeah. And I, I think a little bit of both, you know, really um, the concept changes from song to song. And so there are some songs where I just, I have um, a melody in mind and I'm not really even sure where it's going. I'm not sure what the story is. I just know that there's a feeling and there's um, an emotion behind it and I don't know what the source is. And so I sit down at the piano and I just play and then the lyrics come later. For Spider Silk the lyrics came before the music um, and it was a, it was an extremely personal song um, about just a a victory I had over an abusive relationship and I started writing the lyrics after I found out that the the guy I had been involved with years and years ago had been arrested for domestic violence and I had that moment of whew, like that could have been me because I was very all in that relationship at a very young age and learned a lot that I should have never been exposed to at the age I was. Um, He was cruel and manipulative. It was really my first experience with gaslighting. And I felt crazy and I felt super fragile and weak in that relationship. And I finally had this moment of strength where I was able to cut all ties and just block him from my life completely and no longer give him access. And when I found out about his arrest, all of those vulnerable feelings came back and things that I thought I had dealt with and put aside and thought I had moved on and I was okay. But I kinda had like a mental health moment, you know, where it just all came back. And I took my son to preschool the next day and I remember seeing this spiderweb stretched across two parts of the fence, and it had been there for weeks, weeks, and we lived at that point um, in Illinois in lake effect winds. We weren't super far from Chicago, so when there were storms, they were big, and it was torrential downpours, lots of wind, and we had had a lot of weather, and there was that spiderweb. It was still there, and I thought, wow, like, that's such a delicate creation, but it's so strong, like I would actually have to take a stick and dig dig all of those anchor threads loose to get it knocked down. And that's where the concept of spider silk came from. I thought of something that appeared weak, but was actually very strong. And um, so I just started writing everything I knew about spider webs. And then I started writing everything I knew about myself. And I merged the two together. That's how that song came about,
0: uh that's uh, thanks for sharing that yeah, <laughs> I mean, Because yeah. I really like that song, and Thank then you. like um you know, to hear all that backstory is just like, wow, yeah. you know,
2: yeah, and
0: of course, uh you know it's not like it hasn't been a year where there's been a lot of you know of this stuff in the news, and I'm oh, sure that gosh. doesn't like you know, um. Keep it quiet in your mind. Right. You know, I mean, for, um, uh, you know, for all of us, we're thinking about everything that's ever happened anywhere that we've been. Right. And right. for, you know, someone who's had an abusive relationship, I'm sure right. that every time something new comes up, it's just like easy. It easily it's, floods back into it's your a, life. It's a trigger. You
1: know? And I, you know, I, I hear a lot of people kind of make fun of that word. Like, oh, you're triggered, you're triggered. And when you've, when you've been through some trauma, it's it, You know what it means to, exactly. to feel triggered because when, when there's been a trauma, when there's been something that's impacted your life that significantly, that doesn't ever really go away. You find tools to deal with it. And um, I actually had a therapist who said, we're, we're not going to make it go away, but it's, it's in the dark and we need to shine some light in the corners and we need to, we need to pull it out and deal with it. You know, and that's what I've learned to do over the years is that it It doesn't go away. There's healing for sure. For sure there's healing. And, and I feel like I'm in a really healthy place. Is the music, uh,
0: is that part of that healing? It's extremely cathartic. Tools, you know? Yeah,
1: it is. It is. Because if I can get it out and I can get it on paper and I can put it in a positive light, you know, one of the things that you'll notice and and playing spider silk on the piano versus having the full... Band, along with it um, is is a little bit different. It's a little more vulnerable on the piano, but one of the things that you'll notice if you listen to the recording is that it's it's very stormy um and it and it has like that sense of for lack of a better word, victory that surrounds it like you didn't get me I'm good, and so it's kind of like taking that thing that happened and dealing with it and saying it happened. But it's over, and it it didn't do me in. Right. So, and I think that's that's really important with music, and I and I think that's why. And that's a good message my music, for others, right? Yeah. And I think that's why my music is better now because I finally got honest, and I finally said, no, actually, like life has been kind of hard for me, and it, it, I'm I'm done trying to pretend that it hasn't, and I think that's what makes it good.
0: I mean, yes, I yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So uh, you know, I want to uh, talk for just a moment about your other thing that you sure. have going because uh, you know it's a kind of a shift in gears away from the music a little bit. But uh, you recently uh, opened up the Books and Brews yes. store. it was one of the franchises in Broad yes. Ripple. I mean, what what drove you to become like a a brewery owner and, um, uh, as opposed to just being a musician? Yeah. You know? So
1: my husband and I both have a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit, and I always wanted to. I always wanted to open a coffee house, and my husband is very analytical, and I'm very feelings-driven, and that's why we work together. Because if we had two feelings-driven people, it would just be like a massive <laughs> depressive heap of uselessness.
0: <laughs> We'd be crying in the corner. We'd
1: be crying all the time. <laughs> um, but but I'm also kind of a free spirit, and um, but. But I always wanted a coffee house because that felt like a place to me that would would lend itself to being a community. And um inviting
0: excuse me. Here's the moonshine. <laughs> the moonshine.
1: It got yeah. me right in the microphone. <laughs> inviting uh, see, real. Totally real here. But inviting um more of an intellectual experience where people can really talk about their philosophies. On life and it was just a very um, it was a very utopian picture for me and my husband did the you know did the numbers and the analytics he's like it's very hard for a coffee house to be successful and here's all the overhead and here's this and so he did all this market analysis and I was like okay yeah that's, that's not gonna work and I when we moved to Indianapolis It was a sad move because we absolutely loved the town that we lived in. And and it took me a while to even be able to talk about the town without tearing up because it was just (laughs) such a special place. Princeton, Illinois, it was this really small town. It was kind of like a little Mayberry, but it was also very progressive. And so there was a strong artistic community there, lots of locally owned businesses. It was just a precious, precious place. And so moving to Indianapolis was difficult for me because I hadn't really found that place. It took me a long time to find that place where I felt like I belonged and it was my place. And I decided to go to an open mic night at the Books and Brews near 96th Street one night and just had an incredible experience. I made all kinds of friends. I felt like when I walked through the door, I was greeted like an old friend, made friends with the bartenders. I mean, it was just, it was an incredible night. I got invited to sit down with strangers. They shared their pie with me, and I love pie, and so that was all good.
0: (laughs) Well, now now we know how to get you. Right? Just offer you some pie. Well,
1: and this is like pie flavored.
0: It's apple pie moonshine. Yeah, it's
1: fantastic. So... So it was a a great experience and my husband had stayed home with the kids that night and I came home and he said, how'd it go? And I said, it was so great. I feel like I found my place. And so he came back with me the next week and we were talking and he said, this place is really cool. Why is it so cool? And I said, I don't know. What is it? Why is it so great? I I can't put my finger on it. It's fantastic. And then we met Jason, the owner, and, and talked to him about his concept. And I said, I just, I feel like I found my place. And he said, did you know Know that that's our whole that's our whole mission statement is being a place for people without a place and I said well you're doing it that's you've done it you've absolutely done it and and then Evan and I started talking about you know could we do this could we open up a place like this and provide that place for others and um, we finally found the thing that we were both equally passionate about and the business model was fantastic Evan talked with Jason a lot about the financials behind it and we decided to go for it
0: well I you know I've been in the store and it's fantastic thank and everybody you. should go visit the, all the Books and Breeze locations absolutely yeah. um, so do you want to go and play some music for us yeah I would love to well yeah. that would be awesome yeah. so we'll take a short break and then okay. we'll come back and Melissa is going to play some songs for us sounds good thanks for coming thank you Next week on Moonshine and Music, Chris Birch will join us in studio. He'll talk about his new band and what he's got planned for the summer.
1: guys that was spider silk that's the one we were talking about a little bit and this this next one is called blissful it's it's one of my favorite tunes and um it's not really it's not a sad song it's just a song about a love that was never meant to be and there's pleasant memories but that that time is over Lost my pedal on that one. It flipped over on me. It's, uh, it's one of these. It's one of these cheapy little guys that comes with the keyboard, and I've never like gone ahead and bought a real pedal. So that's next. <laughs> That'll be next. Well, we have to get
0: you for Christmas.
1: <laughs> yeah, a good, a good pedal. They're not even expensive. I just, I'm just lazy, I guess. Uh, this is uh, this next one is called and then some. And uh, this one's this one's about my husband, who has been fantastic. We've been married for 15 and a half years now, and uh, started dating the summer after my senior year in high school. And I'm still just totally crazy, crazy about him as much as I ever was. So this is called and then some.
2: Always waiting for the other shoe to drop Told you once, told you twice, told you three times
1: Thank you very much. Do I have time for one more? Okay, okay. Thanks
0: for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Melissa Sandulo equals awesome. Am I right? You know I'm right. I'm right. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah. Okay. That was annoying. But she was really good. And join us next week when Chris Birch is going to be here. He's going to tell us all about his new band. He's going to sing some tunes for us. And I appreciate you. If you want to go back and watch some back episodes, you can pick up all of those. They're all still out there. This was episode four, um, and next week's episode five. We have 10 more already filmed and coming up just for you. So give us a a good look at all those back episodes and stay tuned for next week's show. Thank you a lot for joining us today on Moonshine and Music. Moonshine and Music is a presentation of Eat New Media in association with Not Less Entertainment. Producers for today's program are Brandon Lay and Joe Shelton. Be sure to join us next time on Moonshine and Music.